It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. The Pirates were the better team today, and they win it 27-22. And your biggest heartbreak. Chris Johnson bounces off a one. He's still up. Johnson to the outside has a chance. Foot race. Goodbye. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. College football is here. I'm going to tell you right now, man, somebody's going to get tackled before this is all <laughs> no, over with. No, I we, can't take that intro, man. One thing, I slacked on this. That's my fault. I was going to have some fade-out music. I need to put that in there, really for our own safety, so you can have your <laughs> temperature go down just a little bit so we don't get tackled. I mean, right how after. can you listen to that and just sit in your seat like that? you talking about stuff evoking emotion. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. I mean, the the... I couldn't even have sat in a studio and made that. I'd have been in there, tears coming down my face. Like You've seen all sorts of emotion from me today. Maul somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything you're feeling today is at the 100%. And then the double time. up. Like, remember when Jeremiah Trotter was crying off of the national anthem and they put the camera right in his face? Like, that'd be me. Like, tears in my eyes as I knock you into next week. When I go to most intense <laughs> athletes ever, I yeah, think Jeremiah Trotter was up there. I think Brian Dawkins is number one oh, for me. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's a and good. Ray that, that's a good. Ray Lewis. No, but too. he's talking about the intensity. Like that's a good one. Trotter was nasty. Ray Lewis is up there, but that's a good question for the fans as well. In a lot of different sports, man. That that's that's good. Draymond Green. Just like a little off intense. Like, why are you crying right. over one tackle? I'm scared now. Right. That right. that was Brian Daw. I've seen Brian Dawkins in an interview. You know, hell, Steve Smith. Yeah. Steve Smith oh, yeah, was he's not in there. so on the field. He's in there. I was like, oh, I don't That's. <laughs> I don't want to get in this realm. I'm going to get hurt. That's, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, Steve Smith is up there. Well, hopefully the East Carolina Pirates can garner some of that intensity because they're going to need it uh, this season. And so when you look at this East Carolina offense, this is team week. We're talking about the Pirates of East Carolina. And today we focus on the offense. We started to uh, give a little bit around this team yesterday. And talk about what they've got going on offensively. Mason Garcia looks to be the guy quarterback, but they've had a lot of losses uh, on that offense that was sixth in the American last year and third in yards. And so they're going to need to go and find some guys because Holden Aylers is gone. Keaton Mitchell is gone. Isaiah Winstead and C.J. Johnson are all gone as well. And only one starter returns on the offensive line. But when you look at this team, they may be in better hands than we think. We talked about Mason Garcia yesterday. I said that when you look at them, the athleticism's there, the size certainly, 6'5", 242 pounds. I talked about the throwing motion. Mechanics need a little bit of work, a career 50% passer. He'll get a chance to improve on that. But wanted to touch on a first uh, starting at the quarterback position. They could have a little bit of a quarterback controversy on their hands, Walker Mail, because uh, backup quarterback Alex Flynn was said to have had a fantastic spring and, quote, stole the show in the purple and gold game. He was 19 of 22, 172 yards and a touchdown, but he was not just a spring game wonder. They said he posted similar numbers through the first two scrimmages uh, as well this season. He's a fifth-year quarterback, so you know he's a guy that knows a whole heck of a lot. They said he knows the offense uh, in and out and has improved his speed and arm strength over the offseason. So this could turn into a battle, and they're going to need it 
because when you look over the landscape of Conference USA, the teams, and I talked about yesterday how they were picked six uh, in the conference by one platform that the teams that they are looking up at, they got a lot of talent at the quarterback position led by quarterback Michael Pratt from Tulane, who is the favorite. He accounted for almost 3,500 total yards and 37 TDR last season, man. He's one of the best in the country. So with this quarterback discussion, you are moving on from one of the better QBs at a school that we talked about actually has a pretty rich QB history. They've had some good signal callers over there in Greenville. Now you're moving on to Mason Garcia, and you talk about having even a quarterback battle right now. Let's just say it's Mason Garcia for the sake of conversation. Yes. If you go to college football, um, their tab on ESPN, David Hale, one of the best college football writers out there, ACC writer usually, but also knows plenty about the game in general. He had ranked every single QB, every single one in college football this year within tiers. Mason Garcia comes in in tier 13, the title of tier 13, and it's a long way down, right? The title of tier 13 is, so you're saying there's a chance. There were 13 (laughs) players, and there were nine jobs for those 13 players according to this tier. Now, I didn't have a write-up, and the reason I bring that up, it's because I just I wonder what the expectations are for him right now. And here we are talking about grace yesterday, a little bit of a grace period for Mike Houston as he tries to reload. Does he get the benefit of the doubt? This season will tell us a lot about how we should approach reloads and whether he gets benefits of the doubts, being able to go from one recruiting class to another to another. How much staying power do you have? How much grace does Mason Garcia get or whatever quarterback comes in? Because you are losing your top running back from last year who rushed for over 1,500 yards. And, man, your receivers are gone, too. Yeah. You mentioned having to replace a lot. Like, you're relying on upperclassmen, which is nice, not having to rely on a bunch of high school guys. But your number one option, you're hoping, at least, is going to be your number one option right now. Jalen Johnson, transferred from Georgia, played last year at ECU, had 26 receptions for 340 yards, did have a pretty nice touchdown rate on those receptions. He did catch four scores. But other guys, like Orion King, Another transfer from a Power 5 school. Ryan King comes over from Georgia Tech, but at Georgia Tech, he had five career receptions. No doubt. You don't know what you're going to be getting from him. Four last year for only 38 yards. And so here you are relying on a couple of those guys. This this is what would help, right? If Garcia was taken over at starting QB, and you had a running back that was so successful last year to lean on, you had wide receivers that were successful last year instead of, hopefully Johnson could be number one, right? If you had some dudes that were dependable, then it would make this transition easier, but you really don't. And maybe those guys get coached into being the real deal and to the point where they can fill those shoes, but we just have no clue Wes, which is going to be the theme of the offense this season. Everything is uncertain and we'll see just how good Mike Houston is at the beginning of some of these guys' careers. Yeah, and I've got a couple other names for you on offense that they may be looking for to catch passes. Kerry King at wide receiver. He was a walk-on turn scholarship receiver. They said he was arguably the most consistent receiver during the spring, maybe outside of Jalen Johnson. They said he made big plays down the field but showed great route running, consistent separation, and he was making catches on almost all the balls thrown in his uh, direction. So they talked about him and also tight end 
Shane Calhoun, they said that in the purple and gold game didn't show much, but he was a major factor in other scrimmages. Strong hands is the description on him. Ran better with the ball after the catch and blocked well because we know that's an important part of being a tight end. So they say he looks to be coming into his own in his fourth season. As I said, Walker, this is going to be a conference. Offense is certainly always going to be paramount. But we talked about two lanes, signal calls that they have in Michael Pratt, uh, UTSA. They've got quarterback Frank Harris. He averaged 333 yards a game in 2022. So that's another guy that you're going to have to deal with. SMU has a rising star quarterback in Preston Stone. And even Memphis, when you look at them as well, they've got Seth Hennigan coming back as well. He had 3,571 yards and 22 touchdowns. And FAU's got former Nebraska and Texas signal call on his 15th school, Casey Thompson, (laughs) as well. So all of these schools have formidable quarterbacks that they're going to have to deal with for the East Carolina defense that I told you yesterday ranked at the bottom of the conference in pass defense, and they lost their best corner to transfer. So this offense is definitely going to have to be rolling early to – make them be able to have a chance to compete in the American. And they've also got Michigan on the schedule as well, which we probably don't Uh, think that's going to be a very good game. Right. And so Colby (laughs) writes in, Wesson Walker, please acknowledge Rajai Davis in this ECU segment. We are going to. He's going to be part of what might be a committee for them coming into next year. He was great. He had five touchdowns in five games before suffering the torn ACL. You have Marlon Gunn, a part of their running back room, and transfer Gerald Green. But if Harris can be that guy to take over, you wonder if he's the star. Do you feel like he is the one, after having five touchdowns in five games before the injury, is he the one that can really step up and we can acknowledge him? Because the offensive line is good. I don't know how great they are, especially with the transfer they had with Rashad Strother. He's moving on. I know that was a loss for them. But the offensive line, it does seem like, okay, if we are trying to get the most out of guys that need to step up, that didn't have a lot of production last year because they're just stepping into a different role, at least having an offensive line, it looks like you can trust, then that's going to go a long way in my opinion. The other text real quickly is AJ writing in, I mean, Mason Garcia hadn't played where you expect him to be ranked. This is from AJ saying, if you look at his 24-7 recruiting profile, his comparison literally just says Josh Allen. Most recruits aren't compared to some of the pros out there, Mm. which you know about 24 seven better than I do. But AJ does say his write up says he's one of the better and most talented QBs to go to a group of five school ever. And so what do you want to talk about with some of the talent that Garcia might possess? Yeah, he was a a four star player. We talked about that yesterday uh, and he was labeled one of the best in the country. Sure. But uh, from what I saw from the start that he had against Navy, albeit it was uh, a couple of seasons ago, like I said, he looks like a raw prospect that's going to be uh, a really good athlete. He was the 14th best quarterback nationally and the 5th best overall recruit in South Carolina uh, according to rivals. And real quick before we go to break two, talking about that backfield, uh, they've got a young back freshman, Javius Bond, that had a 60-yard touchdown in a purple and gold game and they said that was his only highlight in the spring. <laughs> Looks to be a dynamic running back for the Pirates as well and could turn into a stud. So we're up against it, but when we come back are the Panthers dark horse NFC contenders with one Bryce Young. We'll talk about that more. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's time for you to walk the blank.
thinking about a 7-Eleven Slurpee all day, to be honest. I don't know about y'all. I want one. Should we get Shrabby to just go ahead and get us some here on air? Yeah, you want me to summon young Shrop? Can you get... I, I just don't know what to do. Like, usually, when your mind is in radio, you're trying to figure out how we make it a segment. Can we go further with this? I really don't know what else to do. I know we've got some segments, and they've been great ideas. This is the kind of stuff that might need to be planned out a little earlier, so that's on us for, hey... Do we have anything for 7-Eleven once it comes up? Maybe we could just do different Slurpee combinations. I don't know, Maybe but I want one. Maybe we should eat Slurpees and talk about it because it's the middle of the summer and there's <laughs> nothing to talk about. Now, Willie did come in and say, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention the goat flavor of Slurpee combinations. It's cherry and Coke mixed together, which it's hard to deny that. I do like the blue raspberry and the cherry. You mix that together, that's mm -hmm. good too. But mm -hmm. the cherry and the Coke. Spider-Man Slurpee. It is a Spider-Man Slurpee. Is that going to make you want one right now because of y'all's love for superheroes? I've wanted one since the show started, but you, <laughs> I mean, you ain't done your part. Do you think there's a big difference between Icy's and Slurpees? Because good I question. would say I'm more of an Icy guy. You know what? That's a good question. But then I feel like they're kind of very similar. Like, they're definitely in the same family. I don't know what it is. I will tell you this, though. The polar bear on the cup for the Icy makes it look like it tastes better than the 7-Eleven logo <laughs> on the Slurpee. Yeah, and and so I'll say that, too, the, the worst part of a Slurpee to me, though, is once you get, like, towards the bottom and you can start tasting, like, some of the water, like, the flavor kind of goes out. Like, but those first sips, when it's nice and smooth and, oh, man. The first, great. well, the problem, too, is when you're about to be done with it, but then you get to the bottom of the Slurpee or the Icy and then you don't get a consistent flow, so then you have to move your straw location at a bunch of different spots. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a real problem. Or you have to stir it up at the bottom to get yeah. the flavor back going again. And really only it works out, like, you know, for the next 20%, and then you got to do it again. Yeah. But you're just constantly surviving at the bottom of an icy cup. <laughs> it is. You just got to have is. a bunch of straw locations. 980 said 100% Walker. Yeah, they agree with the polar bear. The polar bear, what is he? He's snowboarding, right? He's doing some sort of winter sport. He needs an updated logo. I don't think logo. he's doing anything, is he? Oh, really? Why? I'm about to look. Yeah, let's look up the polar bear I'm looking logo. right now. Because it's it's a goat logo. It When I see it, I get excited about getting the icy. Okay. Yeah, give so it looks like a baseball he's like, bat. He's basically like on a piece of broken ice, it looks like. And Such he a sick is, logo. Uh, it looks like he's kind of surfing. Like he's gesturing right. like he is, even though it's not a true surfboard. Doesn't he have sunglasses on, too? He does. That is the coolest polar bear of all time. I don't think Coke. I've ever looked at it this in-depth before. I'm sorry, Coke polar bears. Get out of here. You're not as cool as the icy polar bear. You're just not. If I'm sorry. Can you snowboard on a piece of ice wearing sunglasses? Now, hold on. This is the one I thought you were talking about. This is the one I know where he's not on anything. He's oh, just no, kind of doing like school. a dancing dancing type of uh well that one's gesture. cool that one's cool too it looks like he would just be chilling with you talking about tom cruise movies right, right he would be that's the one yeah. got a sweater on that'd be excellent you don't make I, me get icy when i go see uh well, mission impossible this week well you need to it's my go-to movie snack which we've talked about that quite a bit mm. but i won't watch a movie without an icy just how okay. it has to be I Is got that why we don't come over for a movie night? You don't have an icy maker at home? You bring no, because you're gonna do it. I was you gonna say buy you bring one. You got a lot of other type of cooking contraptions. You might as well get your icy maker. <laughs> I don't know. Can can you call an icy make a maker a cooking contraption? <laughs> Man said he was gonna order a waffle maker. You can go ahead and get an icy maker. Oh, he had something night. else. What was the thing you had that was very fancy? A sous vide. Yeah, right. It. It heats up the water around whatever you vacuum seal any of the food and then you put it in there yeah. in a special container made for the sous vide. 
and then it cooks the water so it is 100 percent accurate walker you would definitely be one of those guys i could see being just rich as hell and nobody knows it well, I'm not because you just care. No, I said you would be that kind of guy. You understand? We work together every no, weekend. No, no, no. I know. Reason. And I said <laughs> the, the the way you carry yourself, everyday guy, stuff like that. And then you'll come out of nowhere with stuff like mm-hmm. paying for getting your dog stuff scooped up, or a sous vide, <laughs> or a sous vide. So do, you just come out of nowhere with that, and that would be you. You would mm-hmm. be super rich, and then you would be talking to somebody and just name drop a car. You'd be like, "Yeah, I'm going to get in my uh, Ferrari Testarossa," and you'd be like, "What?" <laughs> I do a decent job of saving money, <laughs> but also I'm not making a ton, but I do a decent job of saving it. That's what I'll yeah, say. That would be you, though. You'd be rich guy that nobody knows is rich unless you tell them. I do have uh, an aquarium, which is an expensive hobby, and I, I'm, I'm fully immersed in all that, that. That's what he would do for the, He would drop on somebody. He'd be like, yeah, um, I got to go home and tend to my 65-gallon saltwater <laughs> aquarium. And they'd be like, what? Oh, Wes, I'm sorry. You're so right. You nailed it. Yeah, because well, I mean, we are going to get a 75-gallon aquarium. Oh, it's in the. See? It's already there. It's there. I'm saying. It's there. It's happening. Dagum. Are you going to name, like, the environment? Are you going to name it? I don't know. Well, if we get a freshwater 75, I'm trying to decide whether it'll be salt, salt water or freshwater. If it's a freshwater, it will be a hillstream tank. Mm. If it's salt water, then it's just going to be a reef tank. You're going to call it Walker Town. <laughs> that would be so Mail lame. Island. Can you imagine if I invited people over, they walk through the front door. Yes, to your left is Walker Town. Yes. We have angelfish swimming it about. Be. Um, Feel free to drink some red wine <laughs> as you watch Reef Town, Walker yes. Town, USA. Do you talk to your fish? No, I don't. You've asked me this twice. And it's disrespectful both times. So whenever you feed them, you don't even like, you know, here, fishy, fishy. You just. I don't. I don't talk to them in any kind of weird way. I might, I don't even know if I say anything to them. I'll feed them, but I'm not talking to them. Like, you, here, fishy. Do you I'm have a puffer that. fish? Yes, I do. I have a dwarf puffer fish. All right. Yeah, I do. I'm going to have Shroppy, when he gets back with our Slurpees, whenever he comes in here to get your credit card, mm-hmm. play you this disturbing sound of a puffer fish he played for me earlier today. Oh, is it dying? No, it's it's being fed. Oh. It looks like a carrot or something like that. And he, it makes it makes one of the most disgusting noises of all time. Is he getting us Slurpees for real? <laughs> yeah, He's supposed to. I mean, I thought, he was, here. I thought he was Please. listening in the side studio. I'm going to text him. Um, 980 said, Buy Walker, uh, Snoopy snow cone machine. Love snow cones. The big snow cones where you have, so it's like the big bowl on the outside. And then the spraw. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't believe we went this long without talking about the greatest utensil of all time. Yeah. Move over, spork. Welcome, Spraw. When you're talking about the Icy or the Slurpee, and you get the long Spraw with the spoon at the end, the movie theater no different, it helps you with those hard-to-reach places at the bottom of your cup. The Spraw is amazing. It is. It's, it's my favorite utensil ever. Uh, Logo704 said, here, fishy, fishy, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know where this conversation is going. Um, we can roll in with Hunter's text. I may be in the minority, but summertime sports radio is my favorite. I love conversations like this. Yeah, we appreciate Ooh, you. They have a new one, Sprite Lemonade Legacy. Oh, we need to try. All right, so that's our that's our shtick then. We need to go ahead and get this Slurpee and then give a review. Wes, you can get that one and you can review it. I would. I, I, I'm going to pay for the Slurpees. Slurpee okay. Treat for me because I'm rich and I have 75-gallon aquariums on yep. the horizon, so I will pay for everyone's Slurpee. 408 said slush puppies from back in the day destroy both of them. Slush. What do you think about the slush puppies? 
Hold on, slush puppies up. are good. They're they're lower tier in my opinion, ah, but it's still okay. a great snack. Okay, yeah, one hundred. They're, they're still great. Eight two eight said the coolest polar bear is obviously the checkers mascot. Let's move on. Yeah, Chubby, he's a great one. I just I need to see him in sn- in sunglasses snowboarding down a mountain. What about do you like Sonic's slushes? Yes, oh, those are good too. And and they they have an underrated milkshake. No, they're Sonic is amazing. I do uh, the drink stop, and I could drink ocean water for the rest of my life. Ocean water is the best. Mm. I know that's going to be a fish joke. I left I myself open. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, Alex in Still Creek. I thought the sprawl was a given. You're right, Alex. I'm sorry. I just thought <laughs> I should inform everybody else See, about all of I that. I don't know, man, because does a spork... You, you got your first sport for me. It was at KFC as a kid, right? Yes. So Taco Bell... Yes. But, but here's the thing about the spork. Do you use the spoon portion at all? Well, I mean, you... I mean, you scoop, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, I scoop. But, okay, I mean, but you could use the fork part of it more so than you really need. I, I don't need a spoon to eat mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. You can use a fork for that because it all sticks together anyway. But with the sprawl, you need both of those things. You need both of them. So that's why I would go with that being the best utensil. Okay. That's my breakdown. We'll go to some text a little bit later on. We'll try to get to some Panthers conversation right now. Shroppy, come on, man. Where are you? I would love – we're going to go to you during the commercial break, and then I'm trying to give you money here. This is what I'm trying to do. All right, let's talk about the Panthers. Um, Wes, I know that the Carolina Panthers are a team we've talked about being a dark horse. Really because Bryce Young, because the quarterback, you have an upgrade at the most important position now. And this was a team that was in the mix to win the division title last year with Sam Darnold being the best of three QBs that you trotted out there with Baker Mayfield, with PJ Walker, and then Sam Darnold. I expect Bryce Young to be better than all three of those guys. Does his presence make the Panthers a dark horse NFC contender to maybe make a deep run in this thing? Yeah, Colin Cowherd, of all people, came out and said, and I quote, he does. I have decided that Carolina is my surprise team in this league this year. Somebody doubles their win total. We went and looked this morning over the last You Go back to the 90s. The average is six new playoff teams and at least four. So, yeah, I think they – I'm not going to say NFC contenders. I don't think they're there yet. And I am a big proponent of paying dues in sports. And so I feel like that Bryce might be a little bit too green to be able to get to those type of heights in year one. I could see him getting there quicker than most. I mean, even you guys, this guy Joe Burrow came in and he had to go through his struggles when he first came into the league before he started going to AFC championship games as well. I would say Patrick Mahomes probably had the the quickest transition to coming in and just automatically going to championship games and MVPs (laughs) and doing all the stuff. But as far as just dark horse NFC contenders, I still think Philadelphia, I still think that the San Francisco 49ers, uh, I, I still think there are some teams that are a little bit ahead of them that they may not have the requisite firepower offensively and defensively to be able to deal with. But if they can complete another offseason like what they've had, making shrewd moves for guys at a lot of different positions, then I think maybe uh, you could see some hedgeway made. But I just think that in, even though the NFL MC is top heavy. I think those teams at the top might be a little bit too much for the Panthers to bite off at this point. Yeah, I think with the NFC, we've talked about this, where people were making fun of Homer Mack needing to move out of the way, Panther Mack needing to move out of the way because Panther Walker was right here, ready to have the Panthers on their way to a Super Bowl. That's far-fetched, 
But I do think when you talk about where the NFC is going into this season, you have the division title that is very much up for grabs, which is half the battle. So if you win the division, which everyone thinks is attainable, even if it's because the other teams aren't very good, it is attainable. So now you get to the postseason where some wild stuff can happen. If you win one game, getting to the postseason is absolutely a successful season this year, bar none. But then if you get there, then you absolutely could win a game. And by that point, you're a top five NFC team right there. Win one game and you're there. I do think that is possible. Now, it is the most optimistic of realistic outcomes, but this goes back to our conversation a month ago. I am still I, I still think I'm in that realistic neighborhood, yet I'm still going the furthest in there, right, with that optimistic view. I do think that's possible because Bryce is here, but also because of the coaching staff, because some of the other moves that they made. I don't know if they're done. Maybe they get another veteran free agent pass rusher, which we've had our debates about, but it might be good to bring in a name, even if they're not an all pro like they used to be i think all of that stuff could point to a good season for carolina yeah it definitely could and when you look at it it's like who are the teams that have started to pay some dues that could be on the cusp that we haven't necessarily seen yet and i look at a team like the giants i look at a team like the detroit lions uh as well the vikings too i think it's a team that could be a team that could take a downturn because we know there are there is turnover in the playoffs, but the Vikings were still a team that was a top three seed uh, last season. So this is a team that's still going to be formidable as well. I think the key for the Panthers too is the Atlanta Falcons. What are we going to see from them? Is Desmond Ritter going to turn into the type of player Atlanta would like to see him? We know Bijan and the offensive firepower there. I think that would be the biggest hindrance to the Panthers really being able to make some noise is that if Atlanta is on par with them or maybe better. I personally don't see that. But, uh, you know, there there are some teams and in Seattle as well as another team that's kind of knocking on the door. Not that I see them as a true contender, but they could take they a right step up last year. as far as another win or two added on with the additions that they've made. So there could be some NFC teams that will ascend that already were kind of on the come up already. So the Panthers are going to be in, in an interesting group of teams to try to uh, ascend to and break out of. Yeah, Atlanta's the biggest wild card in this division. If you yeah. want to talk about the widest range of outcomes for a team, Atlanta is that squad that I go to. Even more so than Carolina, I do think there's a decent range of outcomes for them. But I, I feel good about their floor, right? I don't know what Atlanta's floor or their ceiling is. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I feel pretty good, perhaps because we cover the team every day, but also I just feel because the players I feel better about with Bryce Young, he's not going to be bad. I just feel so good about Bryce Young immediately stepping into the league. And fair or not, it's just my expectation. I don't expect him to be bad as soon as he steps onto the NFL football field. I just don't. That's how confident I I am in him him being at least a uh, par QB, an average QB right away, and then that ceiling could come a little bit later on. Um, we do have a lot of text rolling in about ICs, about the best polar bears of all time. We're going to get to all of that in just a moment, but not before we get to the second Fitty Flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? Fitty. Gotta be honest with you, Walker. You don't have anything, do you? I don't got a whole lot going on over here. Pretty slow news day. So I'll give you an update on what's going on 
I was about to say, we got Wimbledon going on At center on right court now. at Wimbledon, Novak Djokovic, he dropped the first set 6-4, came back and won the second set 6-1. He's now up 3-2 and serving to go up 4-2 here in the third set. But more importantly, you know, one of the things that has really hindered Wes and I's radio relationship <laughs> your Tom Cruise takes. is his disrespect of tennis. But all of a sudden... That tune is starting to change, and it was the number one thing on his Wes's ideas on our show sheet. Wes, yeah, you want to explain why maybe you're starting to understand why Walker and I are such uh, tennis aficionados? Well, I'm not going to go that far. And I did talk <laughs> about how back in the day I did used to watch tennis a lot, especially the French Open when my man Andre Agassi was in the building battling with Pete Sampras and Michael Chang and those guys. I know you are very impressed right now with the tennis name drops, but uh, I saw a feature this morning on one Christopher Eubank, straight out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he got a big win, defeated former Wimbledon semifinalist Cameron Norrie uh, on Friday. That was his biggest win to date so far. He's a 6'7 guy. Uh, he's a brother, and he went to Georgia Tech ACC. So, uh, yeah, I said I'm going to get behind this guy, and, and he's going to be my tennis guy going forward. So, uh, when he's playing, I'm definitely going to be checking him out. All right, Eubanks. Wes has a guy in tennis now, yeah. and that guy is Eubanks. So we'll give you <laughs> updates. I would like to just ACC, like... ACC, baby. Maybe I we, bank Eubank, you know? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know what that, that means. That wasn't bad. I, I, gotta, I bank Eubank? Yeah. All right. Fitty's got better ones coming up next on Wesson <laughs> Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Order taken. Oh, Finny just did a dance. What's that called? The boxer? I've never seen it before. (laughs) What were you doing? I have never seen that dance move from you, but it stopped me dead in my tracks. Yeah, I don't know what it was called. Maybe we'll just call it the fit. You know, the thing is, is I've come to learn with you guys. There's no pleasing y'all. I've been insanely happy the last two days. Like, over the top excited, which doesn't really happen. I'm a miserable human being. (sighs) When I'm miserable, God, Fitty's just so miserable. When I'm excited, God, Fitty's just too excited. Like, there's no there's no middle ground with y'all. What have we hated on? My dancing? No, it was funny. It. I'm laughing. At me. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't pull dance moves like that. Wes was pointing. He was vigorously pointing at you so he could get my attention <laughs> while I was bringing us back to make sure that I didn't miss you doing whatever it was that you were doing. I had like one going earlier. Like, I don't know if you just didn't notice it or were just ignoring it, but I got like really invested. Well, I probably bring it up too many times anyway, right? Because I do bring in a lot of your dance moves and try to tell the people. It makes me happy. It does. That one was funny. I laughed. Um, and I'm in a good mood, too, because Shroppy finally took our Slurpee orders. Wes is going to get a Sprite Limonade Legacy flavor. Yes. Apparently, it's new. It looks great. Um, he Did I say something wrong there? Shroppy Slurpee orders? What did I say? What did I say, Flound? What did I say that was wrong? Uh, no, you said he waited too long to take the—you uh, you insinuated that, and so he got mad. 
All right. He's well, Shrop sensitive. Just leave him alone. Why is everybody getting mad at me for saying yeah, coming stuff from today? The, coming from that man back there I talking would, about sensitivity. I'm cut your mic off. <laughs> you, talk, you, you talk enough in the morning. All right. I'm getting summertime citrus, which is a new flavor. We're going to give a flavor review. Fitty went with the Spider-Man Slurpee, the cherry, the blue raspberry, mm-hmm. just a simple one there. And so we'll get those Slurpees coming back at us in just a moment. But we got to the Fitty Flashes, a couple of them. We did have some big-time stuff go on really in the MLB last night. A really fun home run derby, at least at the beginning. We got to see a historic performance. We have the All-Star Game tonight. What better way to talk about it than bringing it up in a visit to the mound? Take us away, Fitty. Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! Hurry up, batter. It's going to be a short game, and i got to get home for lunch. If my dog was as ugly as you, I'd shave his butt. You tell him to walk backwards. Is that your sister out there in left field? Naked? She's naked? You think she'd go out with me? All right, guys. We start this visit to the mound with the question. And the first question is... Did y'all watch the entirety of the Home Run Derby? I sure did. I watched the entirety of it. And, well, I should say I missed, like, the first batter. So maybe not the entirety. But I was locked in. And I was there for Julio Rodriguez's performance. And I think the last part of the first round for Rosa Arena. Watching Julio tee off the way he did is something that I've never seen before. It was one of those moments where I don't know if anybody here played Radica. Maybe you, Wes. Do you remember Radica? No. The baseball game that was, I feel like, one of the more, one of the first motion sensor video games there. It was in the bat. And if you got locked in, then you could just hit home runs all day long. I feel like Julio brought his Radica bat to the home run derby last night, launching 41 in the first round. The pitching was glorious. That's a long way to answer. Yes, I watched most of the home run derby last night. Oh, sorry, Siri. Okay, so my follow-up question to that is... He ain't even asking me if I watched. No, I said, did y'all watch the Home Run Derby? (laughs) He did, did, Wes, and I was looking for your answer, but we moved on. So my follow-up is, were y'all bored by the Home Run Derby? Because Mac Mac said that he got bored by it to the point where... Was was there Summer League action on last night? There was. um, Go ahead. Because he turned off the Home Run Derby. To watch that that brand of basketball that they're putting on in Vegas. Well, Bryce and I were uh, flipping back and forth because he was still up at that time. We were flipping back and forth between uh, Monday Night Raw and Home Run Derby. But I did go back in and I saw Mookie Betts at first. And then once he went to bed, I went back and I started to watch it. And I caught the last couple of rounds. So I was sporadically in at first and then I... Uh, yeah, locked in towards the end. We we got a 9 and 0 number saying the home run derby is dead. No enjoyment after the first round. Julio Rodriguez set the record for most home runs in a round in a derby. But it was first round. It I was guess. first round. So like I guess my question is because I I've said it the last week. It's the best All Star event in sports. I think it delivers. I watched the whole entire three hour show last night. Does the format need to be changed for the Home Run Derby? To- I mean, what could they do? Well, I think it could be altered a little bit. I'm not going to disagree with some of this stuff 980 said. Now, Home Run Derby is dead. That's too far. No enjoyment after the first round. That's too far. But the camera angles, it's a little something I had a problem with, too. Because mm-hmm. what I like is when you have the tracker tell you where the baseball is because it's really hard to see it. I like seeing those balls go 450 feet beyond. 
I like seeing that. Fiddy's smiling because I said balls, and it's a sports radio show, so it's a never-ending gift for him. But I do like the tracker picking up the baseball that goes to the outfield 440, 450. I just want to see their balls. Is there a chance that it goes out of the park? And we didn't get that. And so it's a split screen where you see the swing. The swing is good. But also, I I can't focus on one thing that I want to focus on back and forth. It's a little too hard. I I, I don't know. I like the idea of you waiting a little bit longer for each pitch, even if I know that you're in a race against time. I like waiting a little bit longer so I can see where the baseball goes and then take a breath and then watch the next pitch. Yeah, I think the only thing I could see maybe is cut down the timer. But other than that, I I don't know what else they could do. The thing I'm marveled at, too, was just the endurance of these guys, man. How I could just get up there and just continually swing and swing and swing. And I would think that guys would be a little bit uh, off put by that worrying about injuries. Or I've heard in the past guys talk about how it affects their swing for the rest of the season after they do the home run derby. I've heard a few guys say that before. But uh, other than that, though, I, I was entertained, entertained by it. But just like a lot of baseball, like. You can multitask while you're watching baseball. What, stuff. Fiddy, one more complaint I'll kick to you. It, it is that when we get these great moments, they often aren't rewarded with a trophy at the end. Yeah. So Julio Rodriguez goes for 41 homers, but it's in the first round. The dude didn't even make it to the finals. Kane so, was fired. And, and this, and it's not the first time. Maybe it we would, need a consolation prize. It would be different. That would be cool. Honestly, I know, oh, okay, everybody wants to you know, whatever, right? Participation, trophy culture, yes. I'm here for if you get a round record. I'm cool with that being celebrated to the point where it gets an award. Give that man some version of a belt or a chain. That's what I want because it's not the first time. Everybody that remembers Josh Hamilton going crazy in his home run derby, Hamilton didn't win. It was Justin Morneau with a lackluster finals round that eventually still got him the trophy. The most twins home run winning derby winner of all time. Yeah, like who cares? Josh Hamilton is the story, which maybe we can just reward that within our but I would like that to be the main story at the end. So yeah, this is the problem I have. Fiddy, is that a legitimate gripe? Yeah, no, you're not. You're not necessarily wrong. I just don't see how people don't think last night was entertaining. Like Julio Rodriguez in front of his home crowd hits 41 dingers. In the process, denies Pete Alonso the second straight year of his three. Pete Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He wins the home run derby. He's now joined his dad who won it 16 years ago. Like, there were still interesting, great storylines that came out of it. This is going to sound very hypocritical. I love the clock in the Home Run Derby as much as I hate the clock in the actual game. What if we go to either you have three minutes or ten outs? Because then you're not swinging at every pitch. you got to be more strategic, and it makes it easier on the 17 camera guys in the building to track the balls that are flying in and out of the stadium. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which one I like better between the outs and the time limit. And the, the Give them out- both. Yeah, the outs allowed you to pick up on every single swing. And you, I know that we're kind of playing with the length of the event because if you have 10 outs and then you can just sit up there at home plate maybe you have one where you can only take two pitches or something like that 
because then you could just take a bunch of pitches and then stay there at home plate, get some of your, you know, get rid of some of the fatigue and then, you know, hit 30 home runs. Yeah, I there were a couple things I didn't love about it, but I'll say this. It still left me entertained. It, it's not broken. OK, like there are things that we could tweak about it to make it a better viewing experience. But to me, it's not broken. I still was enjoying it enough to not leave the channel. And that's really all I can ask for for a home run derby. That's what it'll do for me. Awesome. So we'll talk about the All-Star game a little bit later. Um, and uh, maybe we can give a full recap of the All-Star game, Wes. I know that you'll be enthralled with that later tonight. You're going to watch it? I'm down with that. Um, okay. It depends on what's on, but I'll definitely be in and out on it. Probably okay. watch like Mission Impossible 4 or something. Oh, I need the, to. I got to watch three. Time. I got to watch three before. <laughs> <laughs> All before right. I more Tom Cruise and Slurpee <laughs> conversation. It's that kind of show. Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.